Hallelujah. Just lift your hands right where you are. Just lift them up. Give him some praise, would you? Just say, thank you, Jesus, for another brand new year. How many of you are ready for 2021? Amen. I'm ready for 2020 to go, which it's gone, and now we're in a brand new year. Praise God. How many believe this is going to be a great year? I know there's some things we're going to have to go through to get to where we want to. I know that the next few months we'll have to go through a few things to break into some new stuff. But that's what we know we need to do. We keep pressing on toward the mark of God and the calling of God. You know, I was just happy some of the people this morning were telling me that they'd already had the vaccination. I, I just, you know, as soon as you can go get the vaccination, go get it. Amen. We'll, I, I know it'll be better for us, and then we'll see more and more people. As soon as you out there get the vaccination, we'll see you in church. Amen. And you won't have anything to worry about anymore. Amen. You can't pass it to us, and we can't pass it to you. We're believing for total healing. How many believe we're coming out? How many believe we're going over? You know, just in this room right here where you are, I want to hear everybody say, how many believe we're coming out? Not enough of you. How many believe we're coming out? And how many believe we're going over? Amen. I'm excited. Amen. We'll be back in our prayer season. We'll be back praying. I want to encourage everybody to get back praying with us. Amen. You know, uh, you know, we say this in our house, a house that prays together stays together. We believe that. Well, I believe that for the church too. A house that prays together stays together. You know, we're working on the prayer of agreement, getting ready for next Sunday, which next Sunday will be just for those of you that are in the room, those watching online. Uh, if you can be here for prayer of agreement, I'd be here. I'd make every attempt. If you can go get the shot this week, go get it. Amen. If you can't, make sure you wear a mask when you come in. And uh, we're trying to do that in the house so that anybody that wants to wear a mask will wear a mask. Uh, if you feel like that somebody's not being, uh, you know, not everybody, you can't force everybody to do everything you want them to do. We have people that get mad at us as pastors. They don't realize what pastors are going through right now. Number one, pastors can't do all they want to do. Uh, you may not realize this, but our goal, our dream as pastors is, is to love people. Well, there's places we can't go. We can't go to the hospitals. So we can't, they won't even let us through the doors to go see the people that we love and care about. Uh, we, we are struggling with families who are struggling the same way. You can't go see your family in the hospital right now. There are just issues. And then the, the love that we would like to show people, the care that we would like to show them that we normally would, we can't do that because of this disease. And then people judge us. They'll judge us. Maybe somebody in the church decides they don't want to do something or do something. You know, there are people that have decided they won't wear a mask. They're not going to do that. There's people that feel that way about these men. You may not believe that. You feel like everybody thinks like you and everybody believes they ought to wear a mask. There are people in our church that will not and refuse and will not wear a mask. They won't even work in our church right now. They won't be involved in any of the avenues or areas where we do things. And they've told us we won't do it because you're going to make us wear a mask. Well, when you work at the church, we want everybody to be safe. But I can't force people to do what they don't want to do. But I'm not going to resist the opportunity to get people in the house of God. If you're in Walmart, not everybody in Walmart's wearing a mask. All right, I want everybody in this church to agree with me. If, if I'm telling a lie, you tell me. When you go to Walmart, they tell you to wear a mask. They got the signs on the door. Have you seen anybody in Walmart not wearing a mask? How many of you quit going to Walmart because they didn't have a mask? How many of you decided you'll never go back to Walmart again? You're done because people there, they don't make them wear a mask. I'm going back to Walmart. Who's going back to Walmart? Raise your hand. You're going back to Walmart. Why would you treat the church differently than you treated Walmart? 
If you, if, you, if you don't refuse to go there, then don't refuse to come to church. There's 10 feet distance in here. Uh, plenty of room. How many agree there's plenty of room in here? Seats everywhere. You can run out five doors. There's a door you can go out and not see anybody at Family Worship Center. If you would call us and say, listen, I want to be able to escape quickly, we will arrange for you to escape quickly. In one of our three churches that are open now, and Sumter, of course, is watching, but if you're over there at Georgetown and you want to get out quickly and you want to come, then you make arrangements to make that clear to us instead of getting mad at us. Nobody's shouting, but I thought I'd just give a little lesson this morning. Because everybody needs this. There's ways for you to be safe. Let's do what's safe. Like in our sound booth. I'll just be a good example. Our sound booth up here. Our sound man has asked us that everyone that comes in that sound booth will have to have a mask on. Well, we went and bought masks and put them up there. And we've made arrangements for everybody up there to have a sound, a mask on. You can't go in the sound booth without a mask because it's for his protection and those up there. And we're trying to do that. Now, that'd be aggravating to him, and it'd be aggravating. We want to serve to do the best we can. So he's made arrangements. We've made arrangements to work it so that he's safe and protected. Do you think that's fair? All right, that's the way it ought to be. We ought to make sure that we protect people. But I want to ask the church, and I want to ask you guys, don't, don't look at the church differently than you look at the normal life that you live. You know, you go sit down in a restaurant. How many have been to a restaurant? There are those that don't go anywhere. I understand that, but I don't do that. How many of you been to a restaurant? How many of you kept your mask on while you were eating? No, and you go in a restaurant with the mask on. When you sit down at the table with your six people, four people, two people, whatever it is, when they bring you your food, you take off the mask and you eat the food. You don't do it by bite. How many go like this, pull it down, eat? Nobody does that. How many been on an elevator? Anybody been on an elevator? We were at the beach this week. We went to the hotels, and we're at the beach. And while we were there, of course, the, the elevator at this particular hotel, there were three of them, but everybody would stand in the lobbies and would not get on an elevator with other families. Now, that's not me. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to get on an elevator. But anyway, I mean, you could stand there for an hour waiting on an elevator. And then they had to get on uh, and ride or either do the stairs. Well, I watched, if you got on the elevator, it's only, you know, what is it, six by six, four by four. The guy that left the elevator before you left something in the elevator. You may not believe that, but it's in the elevator, right? So he's breathing in the elevator. He jumps off the elevator. You got on. You have a mask. Do what it is to protect you. Keep you safe. You do everything you can. We're doing everything we can to keep you safe. And we're trying our best to make that happen. What I'm asking is, is that as we transition into something new, those of you that are hesitant about stuff, many, I mean, I mean, you're safe if you come to Family Worship Center. We've done everything we can to protect you, and we're doing everything we can to make sure you're safe. Again, if you have uh, issues and you have challenges and you have fears, let us know. We have phone. You can call. You can let us know the, the situation. We'll, we'll make sure that, that an environment is clear for you. We want you here and being in church. How many agree that's just really great? So don't get mad at us. And I'm saying this. You might think I'm talking about Florence only. Well, when you have more than one location, it isn't just Florence. It's more. There's Georgetown. They need our help over there. They need to hear what I'm saying. Because they're dealing with a smaller, confined space. And there are people over there that are agitated and irritated because maybe, you know, it didn't go everything the direct or exactly the way you wanted to. Or in Columbia, the facilities over there. People have to come. Let's all work together 
without being angry, upset, or frustrated. You know, the Bible, one of the things I know about real spiritual people, you know what I found out about real spiritual people? You want to know, I think is the number one clue about a level of spirituality in somebody is their ability not to get frustrated and to forgive others and to walk in uh, agreement rather than disagreement. Amen. You could get frustrated. You could get mad. But the best thing to do is to find a way not to get mad and to walk in peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. When you're in the house of God, be a peacemaker. Amen. So join was, I don't know, I just thought I'd go off on that a little bit. Y'all don't mind me going off in the flesh a little, do you? I'm not so spiritual. That's just Pastor Steve. Amen. How about it? Amen. I want you to turn over in Matthew chapter 18, verses 18 through 20. Matthew 18, 18 through 20. Matthew chapter 18, 18 through 20. Now, the whole purpose of this is to teach on and prepare us to properly engage in the prayer of agreement. The more we do this as the scripture said, the more the results will conform to the scriptures. And those of you that are watching, again, I want to encourage you, get your requests in. If you have to mail them into us, deliver them to the church offices, whatever you have to do, make arrangements or come next Sunday, of course, and we'll pray over your prayer of agreement. And we'll do it in a wise way. We'll pray over them that, that, that don't feel like having the uh, come up. We'll find a way. And then we'll also pray for those that want to walk through and have us lay hands on their cards. Either way, we're going to do it with, with safety. But this is what it says. It says, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them." This is a great prayer scripture. It's one that gives us a definition of prayer. There are rules to prayer. There are different kinds of prayer. And it would behoove us to find those kinds of prayer and understand the differences in those kinds of prayer. You know, I've oftentimes had people that wanted to have you pray over their bodies for healing. And, and the Bible says, lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. It says that we're to pray, anoint them with oil and they'll recover. There are things that we can do. We can pray the prayer of faith, and the Lord will raise them up. And so there's, there's that kind of a prayer. But then you'll hear some churches and some teaching that will teach that you're to ask if it's God's will. Well, that's, that's an incorrect form of prayer. It's certainly incorrect regarding prayer because when we know the rules of prayer, we understand things about prayer, and we understand things about God. We understand that that kind of prayer, that if it be thy will prayer, is the prayer of dedication and consecration. And it has different rules. We'd have to look at the rule that, that, that affects that prayer and the rule that affects healing. Well, the prayer of healing and praying for healing and the miracle of God is not the same. That's why we don't pray if it be your will. We know his will in the area of healing. We're not asking what is the will of God. See, when we pray according to his will, we know he hears us. And if we know he hears us, then we know we have what we petitioned of the Lord or asked the Lord to give us. So if I know the rules about healing, I know what healing is. I know what God said, by Jesus' stripes, you were healed. I'm not asking him if he wants to heal me. I already know he has healed me. Come on, somebody. He's already healed me. I don't look to God and say, God, if you love me enough, you'll heal me. 
I already know he loves me enough. For God so loved the world that he gave. I know that he gave his son for my redemption. I know that he gave. I don't ask him, Lord, if you want me to be saved, will you save me? I already know that he wants me to be saved. I pray in accordance with the word of God. I pray in, will, in the will of God to know that, what that plan is. So I wouldn't add that to my prayer. I wouldn't, the prayer of dedication and consecration was only used by Jesus when describing himself as to taking the cup of this uh, death on the cross. Lord, if it be your will. This is the only time we see that prayer. It was defining for us God's will and presence in our life as to the direction of our future. And it wasn't about what is already stated. God already said some things. His desire is that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. I want you to say that out loud. His desire is that I prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers. I want you to say it one more time. Everybody in this room, say it with me. The Bible says he wants me to prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers. That's threefold. God wants you to be filled with him. Filled in your spirit, filled with the word of God, filled with his presence. And when you are filled with those things, then you should expect, because you know the word of God, that you should receive the word of God. You're not asking him if he wants you to receive it, since he already told you what. This is important. There are people that sit in church for years and years and years and years. We've lost people in our lives, family members, people that we love. Because they don't know the word of God. They don't know what God described for them. They don't know what he has said. And so they, they are limited because they don't know the actual the, the information God has given. Faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. Those two words in that scripture, faith, Romans 10, 17, is that we get information. You and I should be getting information from the word of God. I'm surprised how many people anymore don't even read their Bibles, have spent no time in their Bibles, and I'm certain it's because they don't understand it's the roadmap. They don't understand it's the plan. They don't understand it's the answer. They don't understand that it's the blessing. They don't understand it's prosperity. They don't understand that it's, it's overcoming. They don't understand. I mean, the word of God is everything you need. Come on, somebody. Everything you need is in the word of God. Nothing missing, nothing broken. That they have nothing missing, nothing broken. I want you to say that out loud. I have nothing missing and nothing broken. Come on, I want you to talk with me this morning. Some of you have never done this, but if I can get you speaking the word of God, I'm going to begin to get the word of God speaking out of you. Somebody ought to say amen. And it will begin to transform you. It will begin to make it happen. And so we understand that the will of God, the purpose of God, the plan of God is something that we are supposed to have. You and I are to walk in the will, purpose, and plan of God. The enemy comes to try and steal from us the word. He doesn't try and steal you. He tries and steal to steal the word. He tries to take out. Once you know the word, the word becomes a the word begins to develop what you want developed in your life. Your attitudes, your thinking, your thought life, your 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 uh, your dreams, your visions begin to transform into something more prosperous, more eventful. You're not so concerned. See, some are so concerned about the outside they don't understand it's the inside. That the inside is what transforms the outside. 
I can look through the house of God, and when I see real praisers and real worshipers, the Bible says that praise is comely to the believer. I used to sit in the mall, and I'd, I'd watch people that were, you know, that, that you, you ever sit and watch people that were married, and you think, how did he get her? Come on, y'all have done that. And then you just, you kind of think, well, I know there's a God. How in the world did he end up with that girl? How did he end up, or she end up with that guy, you know? And, and, and I see that in church. I see that when we're praisers and we're worshipers. We become edified and lifted. Something happens to us and it begins to transform us. And we stop looking to the outside. We're stop worried about the next thing that's going to satisfy us. The next thing that's going to fill us. The next thing that we do. I've come to find out none of those things actually last. If you buy a new car, you can do all you can to keep it clean, but it's still getting older. You build a new house. You know, I love my house, my brand new house. It's not brand new anymore, but I built it knowing with three little kids, I'd probably have to remodel it. Well, I mean, I've got somebody working there now, you know, that goes over and muds the wall where my son threw a football through it. It's not new. That's not a new wall anymore. I just had to pull out a window. Thank goodness it's a double-pane window. I still got to replace the window where he threw a football through my window. You know, I like this football thing, but I'd rather have my house. He's tearing my house up now. We've got to fix this. Amen. So God wants you blessed. This prayer of agreement is, is a catalyst for something. It's a scriptural prayer that when we pray it correctly and do it correctly, brings us promises it brings us things the promises of the word of god that's why it's important in this in this time that you go find the scriptures find things that you're believing god for i want to say this you can't manipulate people did you know that you know even god will not manipulate anybody i mean you're not god so you can't do what he could do but i'm oftentimes amazed at people who think they can manipulate through god how many know you can't, like for instance, let's say you were in a relationship and you wanted to marry somebody, and uh, I was excited. I saw Brooklyn on uh, Facebook the other day. He and his girlfriend are now engaged. I think she's got a big old ring. See, praise is comely to the believer. Look at y'all both. Got all handsome and pretty, and now look at you found each other. Somebody ought to say Amen. I promise you, as being in the house of God, you find these people. You find relationships in the church. When it's over, everybody got to go look at a ring. Amen. But, but searching for that, you can't manipulate that. You shouldn't try to manipulate that. They found each other. A husband finds a wife, he finds a good thing. If you want a husband, you ought to be a good thing. Preaching real good. If you want to be a husband, you better be the kind of guy that can find a good thing. You, you understand what I'm trying to say? There are things you have to do. And then he talks about a one flesh marriage and these kinds of things. And so the, the point is, is that you couldn't manipulate somebody to love you. You can't pray that somebody will fall in love with you. You can't pray to manipulate people. They have a will. And you're not allowed to, to manipulate their will. If you were, God would have made you get saved. But he didn't make you get saved. He said it's your decision. You can confess with your mouth and believe in your heart the Lord Jesus Christ and you can be saved. I could preach till I'm blue in the face. I could preach till all my teeth fall out. And here's the problem. If you weren't willing to receive it, it wouldn't matter. I'm glad you're here, but you still have to receive it. 
And so I want to say you can't pray manipulative prayers to make people do things that they wouldn't otherwise do. You can pray for things. You can pray for things in line with the Word of God. And you can do those things, but you can't pray manipulative prayers. You can pray that God will send friends to talk. If you're married and you and your husband are struggling or your wife are struggling, you can pray that God will send a word to them. They'll hear the word that he'll send. You've got to pray in line with the word of God. You could not pray that they would transform. They have a choice as to whether or not they want to transform. This is why when we get to the position of people living and dying, when it comes, sometimes you go to a prayer and you want to pray for somebody to live. There are times that I know things. People will come to me and say, an emergency happened, Pastor Steve. This is a situation. I could look at them and say, I can tell you what the result is. I wouldn't do that. I mean, it doesn't often happen that God reveals it to me that way. But, but the thing is this, God works in line with the will of the individual. You know, if somebody signs a DNR and says, do not resuscitate me, and they don't want that, the hospital has to acknowledge that. The lawyers have to acknowledge that, and they won't move forward to resuscitate you. They don't put you on, you know, breathing machines and do all those things. God's no different. When a man or a woman decides that they've had enough life, he said, with long life, I will satisfy you. When a person becomes dissatisfied with life, you and I can't pray past their will. I mean, sometimes you've got to pray heaven or healed. This is tough. This is tough because people want me to say, you can pray they're going to live. We can pray that because the Bible says we're supposed to pray in line with the word of God. But what about their will? What about what they want? What about their desires? What about their faith? Have they built their faith? Did they put themselves in a position to live? Have they worked on their relationship with God to the point they could keep going? Many of us are still here today in this church. I know I am because I believed God. I continue to believe God. I built my faith. I continue to build my faith. I continue to strengthen myself. And the reason that, that I do that is because I want long life. I want satisfied life. And I don't feel like going until I'm ready to go. Somebody say amen. I'm not preaching 120-year lives, and I'm not preaching against 120-year lives. I'm preaching God will keep you until you're satisfied. Somebody say amen. Amen. You know, when you, I mean, so I'm just saying we can't manipulate people's lives in this prayer. I hope everybody's getting what I'm saying. But what can we do? We can pray in line with the Word of God. When I pray with you, when I agree with you, we need to be lined up in our beliefs with the Word of God. And I agree with every prayer that you pray that lines up with God's Word. You know, just, you know, I, I don't know. I just, you get up here, preach sometimes, and the Spirit comes on you. When Amy and I went to get married, I, I've preached this before, and I've said it this way, and it's true. I was a real stud. I was thinner, more muscular, more athletic, and had a really nice car. How many know a car really works? Man, I shout out, I mean, you know, if you got a little bit of money, you look pretty good, you, you know. Anyway, uh, so I dated a lot of girls. And God had lined up some things, and I didn't understand you could, be, you could follow the Holy Spirit. Had I known that God would direct me by following the Holy Spirit, it would have been a better life. I followed my spirit. You have a spirit and you have the Holy Spirit. Amen? So I started working at a church down there in Florida 
When I started working at the church, of course, I'm in college and meeting college girls. You know, I'm working as a youth worker in the church that I'm at, big church. And, uh, and you know, just, you know, dated a lot of girls. Got serious with some girls. I was two weeks before marriage. I was engaged. I mean, we'd had the parties. I had washers and dryers in my house. Do you understand what I'm saying? We were already there. And things just didn't work. I was supposed to get on a plane and fly to a city. I missed the plane. And this was our big engagement thing up there in this other city. And I messed that whole thing up, you know, and all that stuff. I didn't understand all that at the time. But, I, I mean, we'd gone there. All this time, I'm going through church. I'm a youth worker. And I know two little girls in the church, one of them being Amy. They were always friendly to me. Amy is a little younger than I am. And so I never looked at her like she was the choice. I never saw her as the choice. Again, I looked at all other choices. I mean, I mean, and we do this in relationships. We're looking for somebody to fill the role. And we, we, we find our emotions attached to that. And whatever it is, we're not really looking in the spirit. We're looking at what they can do for us. What can they provide? You know, you think about being a pastor. You look, can they play the piano? Can they sing? Nobody knows what I'm talking about, but it's the truth. You know, back then, my mom and dad taught me, you got to find you an alto singing, piano playing girl. <laughs> you got to find that girl. She got to help you in the ministry. And I mean, this, so, I mean, I'm finding these girls that all sang alto and played the piano. I'm working my, my, my routine, right? Maybe it's money for you. Maybe it's advantages in life. Maybe it's education. I don't know what it is that's driving you to continue to work on something and try and make something work. And the, the worst part about it is those of us that know these things, we already know because there's already signs. I mean, I'm saying there's already signs to us that tell us this won't actually work out in the long run. But we don't want to listen to the signs. We don't see the stop sign, the yield sign, the red light. Come on. We look past that. There's always hope. There's always an opportunity. There's always the next thing. We're going to get there the next way because I've got something I want. I'm helping y'all. When we pray this prayer, you've got to pray a different way. You've got to start thinking a different way. And yet the whole time, had I known how to listen to the Holy Spirit, backed up and said, God, I want what you want for me. I don't want what I want for me. I want what you want for me. I know it's better. How many of you know your plan will never match God's plan? It cannot match God's plan. It can never match the benefit of God's plan. Many of us, and I would just say to you, wherever you are in life, whatever you're going through, you know, there are many disasters that I look back at my life. And I look back, a lot of them had to do with relationships. I'm talking to unmarried people. When you get married, you found the one. We're working on that one. That's God's choice. Till you get married, you haven't found God's choice. Somebody ought to say amen. The whole time, if I'd have been able to listen to the Lord. Now, I, 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 I'm growing up. Two weeks before this wedding, I break up with this girl. It's over. We've terminated the relationship. I kept the washer and dryer. She kept the ring. Sad, depressed, discouraged, upset. You understand? What everybody would go through because we have emotions. I had no idea God had a plan. 
God always has a plan. Now, this, this works for everything else in your life, right? What house do you want? What car do you want? I, don't just, I drove many cars before I bought my car. I want to know, did I fit? Did I like the way my arm went? Did the seats move up the right way? Would the steering wheel come down? Do I want electric? Do I, I, I waited on those. I've learned to wait on God, and waiting on God produces wonderful benefits. In the youth group, a little girl is there I'm a friend with. I go to college. We're ending up in the same college program together. She's younger than me. I'd never looked at her as a girlfriend. I never saw it. I, I know, though, that the Holy Spirit has designed for us to find mates that fit us. And I'm not suggesting there's just one mate. I hope I'm helping somebody. There are people that fit you. Because, if, because other people have a right to make a choice, too, don't they? So if there was only one mate and they said no, you're going to be single. No. No, God has a group of people that fit us. There's someone that fits you, that's right for you. They may be in Minnesota or, or Pascal, Virginia, or I don't know. God knows where they are. God knew where this little girl was. We ended up at a party together, just two kids. She, she and I, I'm finished with that relationship. It's over with. We terminated that, and I'd gotten a little past that, gotten right with God. There was a season when I needed to make it right with God. I, I went through baptism again. I just thought I'd refresh my relationship with the Lord, get things right. I hope I'm helping somebody. I, I don't want to tell you all too much. I just want to tell you, I might not have had to rededicate my life if I had not messed my life up. <laughs> God already had a plan. I wanted to rush the plan. I wanted to hurry the plan along. I mean, everybody else is getting married. Why shouldn't I get married? This is great. We went to a wedding together with some friends. We're at this wedding, and I decided to go to another one that wasn't a friend of mine. <laughs> I don't know what you call that, but we went to another wedding. Act like we were part of the wedding. I got to know this girl at this wedding. And as I'm sitting out on the water in Tampa Bay, looking over the water, she just all of a sudden got to be pretty. I don't know how to explain it to you. She's just like, she, she just lit up to me, and all I wanted to do was kiss her. <laughs> Look at y'all. Oh, that's never happened to none of y'all. None of y'all been on the phone. You hang up. You hang up. No, you hang up. No, three o'clock in the morning. You hang up first. <laughs> and I did. Kissed her on the water. It turned into a relationship. We ended up getting married. Best thing I ever did in my life. She's an amazing wife. I have an amazing family. I have an amazing ministry. She does not play the piano and she cannot sing. <laughs> but man, she is the most incredible children's minister in the entire world. Wow. The most incredible helper I could have ever had in this ministry. A wife <coughs> that understands how to support my dream. There are things I'm no good at, man. I am sorry. She is fantastic at it. She can spell. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? And God knew that then. 
He understood then, and had I been able to listen to the Holy Ghost, listen to the Spirit of God, and say, God, okay, you lead. You show me. You direct me. Lord, my heart was hurt with this other girl. Take her out of my heart so I can hear what you have to say. And if that was you, then you make that happen. I won't make it happen. You make it happen. Not me. And when I did that, I found the dream and vision. It was in the Word of God. I pray that you will be one flesh. Now, when you're married, you're already married. Become one flesh. Make up your mind. There's no exit door. Nobody else on the horizon. Nobody to look at. Nowhere to go. But until you sign that paper, you're not one flesh. And there are places to go. And listen to the Holy Spirit. This is the confidence. John 5, 14 says, this is the confidence we have towards him. That if we ask anything, turn over there real quick. Turn over in your Bible. I know it's on the screen, but you ought to take out your pen, your highlighter, your finger, whatever you've got to fold the page. If you ask anything, come on, according to my will, then the, 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 the dilemma is not that we ask it's that we ask according to his will when we ask it according to his will doesn't it make sense then that the first thing we pray for is god what is what is what is your plan and we get that by the leading of the holy spirit he hears us when it's lining up with his word i'm not talking about you're asking about dying for the cross I'm not talking about things like, you know, I mean, like the prayer of consecration. I'm talking about being in line with the will of God. He said he hears us. Next verse goes on to say this. And if we know he hears us, then we know we have what we've petitioned of the Lord. Go to the next verse. Verse 15, 515. I want you to see it. It's coming. And if we know he hears us, I can know. There's no vagueness in that request. I'm not wondering whether or not that I'm submitting God a petition that he desires from me. He said, if I ask according to his will, he hears me. Whatever I ask according to his will, we know then. We know. How can we know? Because when God says it, it's settled. When God says it, it's settled. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You know, several months ago, I like Brooklyn. I really like him. I think he's a really successful, amazing guy. And his, it, Carolyn, I mean, when, I, when she came on, she came to talk to us. I'm going to come over here and scare them to death, but that's okay. <laughs> he came to me and said, I want to play the guitar. I agreed with him to play the guitar. Today, he's our lead guitar player. He just took it seriously. He got real serious about that. A few, several months ago, the Lord began to deal with me about him taking a prayer group at Family Worship Center. I normally wouldn't use some single guy to do prayer. I look for married folks. It's just, it just settled. But I sensed something settled in him, and I decided I'm going to put him in there. And I requested that he become a prayer group leader. I watched her get involved in children's ministry, get involved in the church, get settled. I watch them come together and slowly make decisions to get in a position that was best for them. We prayed together, believed together, watched God together. 
And I want to use them as an example. This is not just a flesh thing. I watch them wait on the Lord, seek God. They're still waiting on the Lord. And before they finish this process, they will know it was God. It doesn't, I don't have to decide that. They have to decide that. But the, the honest answer is this, and I say this to everyone in this room. If this, pay attention to me. Man, I don't know why I'm on this message, but somebody needs what I've got to say. If this is right, this will be right. Say it again. If this is right, this will be right. One more time. Folks, listen to me. Him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, it is sin. Now, what does that mean? It's failure. It's not a success. It's not talking about you're going to die and you're going to hell. It's explaining to us that failure is in if this ain't right. Failure's in this. Lack of success. But if this is right, this will be right. You want the right one. You don't have to have millions of dollars to have the fun, happy, loving, peaceful, joyful. I don't have millions of dollars. But I feel like I got billions. <laughs> I'm telling you. I, want, I just The prayer of agreement is one where we agree with God and we agree with his word. How many of you just want to say amen to that? Amen. Did anybody get anything out of this today? <laughs> I hope it helped you. Lift your hands with me, would you? 